unfortunately, in that apologetics class, many of the kids took some of the material to heart. And Kim Harris, along with some other students, were down at Westwood. You'll be happy to hear. And while there, she had the privilege of leading somebody to Christ, a gal. Kim, where are you? Raise your hand. Did she come to church? I know we were trying to get her. Not quite. But we're going to keep working on her. So we had a gal come to Christ. And then uh, Wiley and Leah were out last night uh, having some dinner, I think, at Denny's. Nice, Wiley. Nice. <laughs> And uh, on the way out, ran into a couple of guys that were a little older and had been doing some drinking and were out of money and and requesting the same. And Wiley said, uh, I really, uh, I don't want to give any money, but we'd be happy to buy you dinner. So they they went to dinner and Wiley and Leah bought them dinner and then they got it started and into this whole conversation about Christ. And I guess there were a lot of questions that they thought they had about the gospel and about the validity of the faith. And Leah just whipped out all of her apologetics and hit them right between the eye with it. And we were able to find him a, a meal and then I think later even a place to stay. And so the gospel was presented clearly and strongly there. And that's just a couple examples, I think, of the fruit of that apologetics class. We had a great time last week welcoming all of our new students. And if you're a new student for the first time at the Master's College this semester, would you please stand and let us welcome you as a student body? Welcome. We had a little competition, and I'd like to make two presentations at this time. If Kelly Chambers, a new student, and Frank Riley, where are you guys? Come on up front. Come on up, Kelly. Where are you? Are you here? Oh, oh, there you are. Good, Kelly. How about how about uh, Frank? Poor Frank. Maybe he's not here today. He's working. Good. <laughs> well, come on up, Kelly. Anyway, and Kelly, as a matter of fact, uh, there were two competitive items on the tour, the tour campus. Uh, one of them was in my office. I have this computer in my office, and I'm, I'm kind of improving my typing skills. And there's this comp- competitive. It's called Letter Letter Invader, and you have to shoot all the letters before they wipe out your home base. And uh, Frank Riley, he's not here, but he scored over 14,000 points. Actually, destroyed everybody else and all the letters that ever showed up in the game. And Kelly Hill, re- or Frank Hill, received his. And Kelly went down to the dean's office. If you haven't done this yet, you really ought to. They have on their computer a, a golf simulation uh, game. And uh, Augusta National, I don't know, what was the course that day? Pebble Beach, actually, was where, where Kelly took it to him. And Kelly won the Pebble Beach competition, and so she's awarded today a $5 gift certificate at Penguins. Congratulations. For the rest of you who weren't with Wintram and aren't a new student, we're glad you're back. Thanks for coming back. We've had a great registration. There's 530 of us officially registered at us as of today, and we expect another 15, which would push us all the way up to 545 students. And that ratio compared with last year's and previous year's retention rates means that the Master's College is doing a better job of keeping its students. Our retention level is higher. And so we're thrilled about that. We're thrilled you're back, and we're excited to keep moving. I'm not going to necessarily preach at you uh, today. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Thanks. That's great. Uh, good to have you back, some of you. Right. What I'd like to do is spend the chapel time together reviewing nine major areas 
in the campus family, the college family. And I'm going to break you up in a minute into nine major sections. And when I share in your section, you need to get your paper out and have your prayer request ready because at the end of chapel, we'll spend five or ten minutes and everybody will be praying for their individual area. Okay? And what, the reason I want to do this is because I want to give you an idea of what has happened since you've left and then come back. And a lot of things have happened since you've left and come back. I want you to be focused in your, in your thinking about the Master's College in the coming semester and then that, all that that would mean in the coming years. But I'd like to begin by reading something that I've been kind of reading through myself. It's a biography of Hudson Taylor, written by Dr. and Mrs. Howard Taylor. And I understand that Howard is the son of Hudson and actually went to be a missionary, as was his father in China. And you remember Hudson Taylor founded the China Inland Mission. Prior to his involvement in China, all of the missionary, basically most of the evangelistic efforts, had focused on the coastal cities of China. And no one was moving inland into the vast territories. And Hudson Taylor, learning that nearly a million Chinese were dying a day, most of which were found in inland China, found himself compelled to go try to reach them. And it wasn't an easy thing. Uh, It was something that he did, and he paid a tremendous price to be involved. The thing is, I was reading through it, which struck me so, uh, so strongly, was that there were many events in his time there in inland China, which, were they to have happened to me, would have been confirmation that God was saying, go home. Russell, go home. The doors are not open for you here. And yet the same, these very events brought only greater conviction in Hudson's heart, greater intensity, and even a greater source to praise and thank the Lord for his privilege of letting him be a part of this new mission. And let me just kind of bring you up to speed on what I mean. The time had come when the inevitable parting from their children could no longer be delayed. This is all the family now in China, and they've got to send the kids home because of various things you'll find out. There were no schools in China at which their education could be carried on, and no health resorts such as there are now for refuge from the heat of summer. The climate and privations of their life had told upon the children's health. One little grave already hallowed the soil of China to the parents' hearts, and they were thankful to accept the offer of their secretary and devoted friend, Miss Emily Blakely, to take their three boys and only little girl back to England and to care for them there. So they've already lost one child since they've been there. This meant a long, long parting, and east and west were so much farther apart then than they are now. But even before the little travelers could be escorted to the coast, they were kind of in inland China, and they needed to make their way down to the coast where they could catch a boat and go across. Even before they they could make their way to the coast, a longer parting still had to be faced. Only five years old, the youngest of the boys, a specially clinging little fellow, was the one whose health had suffered most. With concern, his parents saw that the strain of the coming separation was increasing his chronic trouble. All night, they watched beside him on the boat that was taking them down to the canal from Yangchow. But at dawn the following morning, he fell into a deep sleep and from the turbid waters of the Yangtze's passed without pain or fear to the better land. Before a driving storm, the parents crossed the river there about two miles wide to lay their treasure in the cemetery at Qingkaiang and then went on with the others to Shanghai. A little later, after taking them all on board, the French mail was about to set sail at daylight. Mr. Taylor wrote to a friend of his, Mr. Berger, and I quote, I have seen them awake for the last time in China. 
about two of our little ones, we have no anxiety. They rest in Jesus' bosom. And now, dear brother, though the tears will not be stayed, I do thank God for permitting one so unworthy to take any part in this great work and do not regret having engaged in it. It is his work, not mine or yours, and yet it is ours. Not because we're engaged in it, but because we are his and one with him whose work it is. Well, they sent their children home and then went back to their mission. Only a few weeks later, Mrs. Taylor, whom Mr. Taylor had met there in China, and she was there, a very effective missionary, uh, excellent and fluent in the language, marvelous ministry with the ladies there, and she was doing her ministry and he was doing his, and they finally fell in love with each other, and the providence of God came to be married. She was giving birth after they'd sent their other kids home to a little one. And the process uh, of giving that birth um, was only a week after, I guess, the baby was born that the baby died. And then very shortly after that, she died. Now we've lost three kids and a wife. One person who witnessed Mrs. Taylor's passing away there with Mrs. Taylor and Hudson Taylor in the room wrote this. I never witnessed such a scene as dear Mrs. Taylor was breathing her last. Mr. Taylor knelt and committed her to the Lord, thanking him for having given her and for twelve and a half years of perfect happiness together, thanking him also for taking her to his own presence and solemnly dedicating himself anew to his service. Reading that, I, I think to myself, that's a, a level of commitment, a level of faith, a level of trust that... I think escapes my, uh, my own ability to endure. But I see a man who understands what God is trying to do. And he's seen God's hand at work in that process. And he is so committed to that that nothing could turn him away from it. And I guess I look at the Master's College a little bit the same way. I believe with all my heart that God is intimately involved with the raising up of this institution. And, you know, we have had more proof and more evidence of that than, than we ever deserve, I think, in a lot of ways. Hudson had very hard and trying circumstances which somehow calcified his commitment to his, his work. You and I, we just received blessing after blessing after blessing. Thirty kids got saved at the Master's College the very first year. We've gone from an operating budget of two million to five million in about 20 months. When uh, Bob Provost came and started his kind of first day of work here, it became very clear that the college was $2.5 million in debt. It was summertime. There was no tuition coming in. Our line of credit at the bank was completely extended. We could get no more money, and the payrolls were due, and there was no money in the bank. And yet in 20 months, somehow we were able to pay all those bills, through a miraculous involvement by Grace Community Church, unrequested, and off we go. And here we are. My fear is that all of these blessings, new dorms, um, new campus, you know, campus renovations that go above $500,000 that have occurred in the last five, six, seven months, new faculty coming in, people applying to work at the college, new students, enrollments breaking all the records we've ever seen before. All of these confirming things that God is with us. 
But there is a tendency by virtue of the nature of these confirming things, they're all so positive that we can almost begin to want to step away from our dependency and our commitment and our faith and our prayer. And that would frighten me a little bit. The thing I don't want to see happen at the Master's College is that we would, or that you would perceive yourself as a number. That you would fear that our size would move us to the place where, where you're being thought of as a number. Where you don't count. Where you have no voice. Where, where you're not important to the success of this institution. Where, where you would begin to get in little groups and little groups of friendships and stay inside those little groups of friendships and, and come to the college to get out of the college what you could get out of the college. It's what most institutions are like. They're just so big and the administration is just so far away and there's so many people and all I really came to this college for anyway was for a degree or for my education and now I've got these group of friends and I, I really don't even know where the college is going. I don't even know, I don't even sense that this is a thing that God is raising up and God is doing. We'll fight that temptation all of our existence. As a matter of fact, we'll, we'll, never, we'll never identify you personally with, with where we're going. The fact that God is involved here. That this is something that He is raising up. That we become a community of involved people with each other. Committed to the direction of the school and committed to each other. These things will never, ever happen unless you, as an individual... Make that happen in your own life. And I wonder if you've done that. Where you've said, God has brought me to this college. God is obviously involved in this college. And as I understand the purposes and the goals of this college, I'm committed to that. And I'm committed to the people that God has brought here. Whether it be faculty, staff, students, friends, whatever. Nine sections. We need nine sections. One. Okay, we're going to split this one into two. So, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right? And so when I get to you and we review where we're going and where we're headed, and it's in your section, and we go to prayer at the end of this chapel, would you hold your section up? You're your part of this chapel up in prayer because there just won't be time for us to, all of us, pray for everything. Section number one. I'd like to share with all of you, though, about. Our facilities, our, our plant facilities. The bathrooms. In Hotchkiss. I just spoke with Pete Reese, who just spoke with the guys who are working on it. And we are planning on January 29th, the end-all bathroom party of all days. Yes, folks. The bathroom should be operational on the 30th, which is a Friday. And so we will open the doors and have Martinelli's and pizza in Hotchkiss bathrooms. And, and you're all welcome to come and celebrate the, com- the ending, the closing of a very hard part of our history. All right, now mark that on your calendar. Bathroom party, the 29th. Okay. Happy to inform you that we have brand new washers and dryers. Brand new wash, heavy duty Maytag washers and dryers that's supplied to us by a national firm that services places like Stanford. This company will fix your washer and dryer, guaranteed, no matter if it breaks at 2 a.m., within four hours of your call. Yes, sir, that's right. 
We've got 50 cents for a wash, and here's what you might think is bad news, but it's really not. 50 cents for a dryer, and you thought, well, it used to be cheaper. Well, but you're used to be hardly worked. And secondly, you're used to be, took several dimes to get through a full load of, I mean, to really get your clothes dry with a 50 cent piece, baby, you're all the way to dry. Okay? So don't be surprised that's a little more expensive. Have you noticed the new lounge up in Hotchkiss and Slight? Oh, baby. You gotta love it. Pete Reese and the men work non-stop making sure that those lounges were ready for your return and that we love them. You'll want to know that just around the corner there's a door you can open in Presto vacuum cleaners that you can use as a student body. And we're asking you to take a new sense of concern and care for Hotchkiss and Slight and that whole area. And I know you felt like you've been living sometimes in an extended garbage can. And so as a result, you have not felt the personal ownership for the cleanliness and, and, and the whole maintenance of that situation. Situation. We're working day and night. We're almost there. We've got to finish, and that's their very next project, painting that other side of Hotchkiss. And then they'll redo the back landscaping, and Hotchkiss is going to be done. And what you'll need to do then is take a very dedicated concern to maintain the upkeep and the, and the, and the performance of that building. Okay? So we've got vacuums up there. If you need something else to keep it clean, let us know, and we'll get it for you, besides personal service. Where are we going after this uh, as far as now maintenance, okay? Where are we headed in the next semester? We need to finish Hotchkiss. I just told you about that. Bathrooms, paint exterior, and finish the rear landscape. Secondly, we need to finish some campus painting items, both interior and exterior. A lot of the interior work that still needs to be done. We've got to wallpaper a few offices. We've got to put up some bookshelves that people have been waiting for for now nearly six, seven months. These are administrative type people too, just to encourage you students to think that we all wait around here. Secondly, we're, then we're going to go to um, a library addition. As you know, we bought a huge library of some 100,000 volumes, and our little library won't quite accommodate it. And so the very next project that should happen this semester, I mean, we'll commence this project this semester, will be the addition of 10,000 more square feet on top of our little library to handle our 100,000 new volumes. You'll be interested to know that Agnes, and pray for her because it's a lot of work that she's doing now, will hopefully have your... Uh, library operational, the part that we're not building new, but the stuff that you need to get through your semester. We hope to have that in the next few days, and it's a day-to-day -day progress, and as soon as we're there, we're going to let you know, so that'll be available to you. After that, we are, are in progress with all that. We're attempting to complete our two new dorms, which are forthcoming very shortly, I think hopefully by the end of the semester. We will not move a person into those new dorms until those new dorms are completely finished. Because we're not happy with having to put students places that aren't ready 100% for our students. So when those things are 100% finished, they're yours. Until then, we're just going to keep working until they're 100%. Okay? As soon as we're done with that, or actually at present, we are now seeking a permit with the county for a third brand new dorm. And then after that, we found that we had a permit from long ago uh, for an educational building right about King Hall location. A two-story, two big thousand, thousand square foot thing. We don't want to put it there anymore. We want to put it over there behind rack and we'll convert it. It'll initially be used as a temporary chapel facility so that the gym can be freed up in a more efficacious manner. And we'll use it for chapel facility next year if we get it done on time. That's a big if. Keep that in mind. And, and then it will be converted immediately to classroom space, which we'll be in desperate need of by then. So that's where we're going with the facilities. You guys know how to pray for that. You've noticed also a, a change in the traffic flow right here as you try to leave the parking lot. 
Have you noticed that? You're saying, oh my goodness, how do I get in here? The reason we've done that, if you'll think about it for a minute, if you're coming out of the gym trying to go into the other parking lot, what you've got is people coming from both angles on that parking lot and then going both ways on our street. You've got people coming in from two, now on this side of the street, two other parking lots plus this parking lot going every which way. And then you've got people from both directions trying to get in. We figured it was just a matter of time before someone was hit and killed. So, possibly, of course, we didn't know about the kill part, but we were pretty confident about the getting hit part. So, what we did was we closed that driveway off. I know it's an inconvenience at times, but please be sensitive. We're trying to be safe and keep people alive around here. That may go under further revision as we try to get input from you and other faculty members and people who are using it who say this isn't maybe the best way. Can we do it this way? Open this up. And so it may change, but at least you know our motive there and you can work with us on that. One last thing in the facilities department, we need some more help. We need, we need personnel. We need more electricians, more plumbers, those kinds of things. Ron Searles is our number. Ron, are you here today? Ron Searles, will you stand up, please? We want to give you a big hand. Ron Searles. Ron is just, uh, kind of does all the things I just talked about. Electrician, plumber, everything, you know, works all night. He and a bunch of other guys on his crew. But we need some more help for him because every time we get bigger, there's more of that stuff. And we'd like to keep Ron alive, too, for a little while. We need some carpentry help, and then we'll need student help this semester. Um, if you are interested in some gardening, if you're interested in some house cleaning, and maybe even if you don't need the money, but you'd like to make a commitment to make the school run the way it ought to go, and you'd like to get a job and earn a little extra money, send it home to your little sister and blow her mind, then you'd want to let Pete Reese know because he needs your help. Desperate need for help there. You got that? That's section one. Where's section two? Right here? Section two. You guys are going to like section two. This is a quality group right here. You got some good prayer requests. I'd like to give you a report on the growth and advancement we've taken in response to the food services survey that we took. Here it comes. Changes that have been made. Steak night will be held weekly at the dinner meal. So once a week you get steak. In addition to this, there will be a prime meat item that will either be roast beef, baked ham, turkey post, or ro pork loin. It will be carved on the line under one of those hot lamps individually for each student as they move through. Right. We are going to increase the variety of selection in your starches and your vegetables. We have already established a sandwich buffet at lunch with various kinds of cold meats and two kinds of chips served every lunch meal. So if you don't want what's behind the counter, go make your own. Generally, we'll entertain a higher quality of solid meat items, which will be substituted for some of those famous and highly repetitious casseroles. We have also installed a new toaster. New toaster, yes, for the morning meal, to allow you to self-serve your toast so your toast hasn't been laying there for 30 minutes in the pan before you get it. Go, you know, go toast your own. We got a new juice machine that's been installed, which allows three kinds of juices. Yes, we're talking about orange juice, grape juice, and apple juice. We have an increase in, here it is guys, quantity, so that there should be always seconds and thirds, should your stomach dictate. <laughs> Things that we're considering along these lines, now these are not in, those are kind of all in place, alright? Things that we're trying to put in place, we're very aggressively pursuing a frozen yogurt machine. <laughs> We're considering adding to the variety and the quantity of your salad bar. We've also been able to add already to the menu cookies at lunch and dinner, I believe it is, so a little bit of dessert. 
but watch your waistline. Things that we're discussing. Things now that we're discussing. Uh, 4.9 was the rating of this one on your survey. That's rather high. I think there was only a 5 possible. 4.9 indicated that plates and utensils were considered unclean. True? True. So what we are in the process, and I don't know if we've done this yet, but we're, we're, we're on our way to doing this. We're buying this super high-power $350 nozzle. For the, for the kitchen crew and when you bring your plates they just hose those puppies off and then they go to the washing machine which should bring them out as clean as you'd ever want to see them the serving line has been considered inefficient at times that rated a 3.2 on our survey and the commitment has now been made to open both lines no matter what no matter when no matter where both lines should be open for you and if that does not cut it we just need to know and we'll do something else along those lines but that should help you in that way policy for getting seconds was indicated at 3.3 for being somehow inefficient and the revision made to date and if we need to make others just communicate with us but the revision made to date is that you do no longer need to go back to the beginning of the line if you're up for seconds if you've already got your silverware and your plates and all that stuff and you finished your first helping then you just go right back to the place where they give you the food rather than having to move through the whole line if that's not going to cut it for you let us know as further problems develop the dish return, getting your dishes back into the kitchen has been considered a little bit inefficient. That rated a 3.1. We uh, have two ways that we're going to solve that for you. There's a baker's rack. Do you know what a baker's rack is? It's a big thing that they move. And there'll be a bunch of trays on that. And that'll be somewhere out in your dining area. And if you'd like, just take your tray and stick it on the baker's rack. Presto, we're done. Now, that won't handle all of us. That's kind of a temporary thing. The other thing that we're doing that's a little more long-term is that when you move back to go to the, the hole back there on the side, that little mail slot type slit, you no longer have to separate all your items and dishes and clean and just take the whole tray and put it in. And we're going to try to expand that hole so that happens even quicker and faster. So those are things that we're trying to help you with. A 3.6 on our survey was the noise level. Noise level was considered high. Frankly, there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> That's your thing, so do whatever you want to about it. Um, at the front door, IDs will continue to be checked. You must bring your ID. Now, if you are an off-campus student and you do not are not on our meal plan, but you would like to go up and, and spend some time with students, of course you can buy a lunch, but if you'd like to bring your own lunch, so if you'd like to go in there and bring your own lunch or just go in there and just socialize, all you need to do is go down to the dean's office, meet with... I can say their names. Betty or Harry, they will chat with you a little bit and issue you your own off-campus dining center card, which doesn't mean you get to eat there for free. It just means you can get in there. So now on, everybody has to have a card, whether it's an ID card or it's a special off-campus card, to get into the dining center, and that helps us keep our costs down. Dress code will also be checked at the front door. If you're not dressed appropriately for the lunch meal, you will not be admitted. And do yourself a favor, don't give that lady a hard time at the door because I will then be knocking on your door. She's a nice lady. And if you're not dressed right, don't give her a hard time. Just go somewhere else. Um, if you're a person who works somewhere right before or after the lunch meal where the, the dress code is a definite issue and you need a permit then to come into the dressing or into the lunchroom without proper dress again stop by and the uh, lunch area will open 15 minutes early so that you don't have to stand in line out there in the cold you should be able to get right in and I think in addition to that I need to say two more things on that 
One of them would be the quality of the food. We're continue, we've added a lot of things about the food services and we're continuing to pursue higher quality of the food. And that may take us a little bit longer. We're working on it, but continue. And here's the last thing I need to say about this. If you have a concern, probably the lady on the campus with the very best attitude that I've ever seen is Donna. She heads our thing. If you haven't met her yet, you go meet her, Donna Spradlin. And in working through this, she and John Anglia, who runs that whole department, um, were so happy. I mean, genuinely happy to hear the input because their heart is really to serve you. And in the future, if you see things that you'd like changed, just go right on in there and say, hi, Donna, can I share this with you? And she will graciously receive that from you. So let me encourage you to do that. Where's section number three? Section number three, we're talking about athletics here, folks. Athletics. We'd like you to know that we have a new um, gals volleyball and basketball coach. If you have not met her yet, she's a four-time All-American in basketball and volleyball from Biola University. We stole her from the Eagles. She now coaches for us. Her name is Becky White. Where are you? Please stand up and let us give you a hand. Welcome. We also have a new trainer on our on our staff so that the, our athletes do not have to go in and try to treat their own injuries and tape their own ankles. He owned and operated his own physical therapy and sports medical clinic down in Long Beach. He's on our team, committed Christian Mike Ross. Where are you, Mike? Let's give Mike a hand. Welcome. We want you to know that the Athletic Spring Banquet is May 5th. Mark it on your calendar. You'll want to be there. We have a great time at these banquets. Joel shows up with a phenomenal slideshow. The athletes are presented their awards, and it's another way that we can express our support and appreciation for them. Another thing I want you to know in the area of sports is there's a sports ministry conference that will occur next week. Bob Provost, there will be 11 countries and 18 men represented in this international ministry, sports ministry conference, and they're coming to us and to Grace Church to learn how to better evangelize and discipleship through sports. So you might be praying for that, section number three. Our next men's basketball, or actually our next home game happens to be a men's basketball game. They play West Coast the 27th. Love to see you there. And a word about um, our program. Uh, our program is winning. Now you're looking at me saying, hmm. What is he talking about? Our program is winning, and let me tell you why. Our program is winning because it has more than, than any, depart, any, any athletic program I've ever seen or heard of. It has a commitment to integrity. It is developing a commitment to scholastic achievement, whereby its athletes will perform athletically or they don't play. As a matter of fact, all scholarship athletes... Listen to this now. All scholarship athletes, in fact, all scholarship people anywhere in the Master's College, that includes RAs who might work for me and music majors who might have, everybody who's going to receive money from the institution must perform at a 2.0 level in order to receive that money. That will be instituted at the beginning of next year. That's a step up for us and we're going to continue to move in that direction. Much of that has come, uh, energy for that decision has come from the athletic department. So our athletic department is committed to integrity, it's committed to training a whole person athletically, academically, and in their character development. Now, it's, that's winning. You and I know that's winning, and if there was ever a school that could understand that perspective, now we're not saying we're giving up on winning the championships, I mean that's still 100% in our mind and we're going for that a thousand miles an hour, but it takes time to get to that place. And as a student body, don't, don't not hear this, as a student body, our athletic department, our athletes and our coaches deserve our 100% support, because they're doing it and they're doing it right, and with time, they're going to win the score too. 
Okay, so I want to really affirm them in that. Section number three, if you'll please pray for the recruits. We're aggressively recruiting athletes to come into our school. It's a very hard and delicate thing to do in light of our commitments to integrity and scholastics and character. So if you pray for that as well. Number four, are you there? You're still with me? Okay, you're the business department, business office. You'll want to know that the school has purchased a brand new kind of 2010 type Microvax 2 computer. It has uh, the capacity to have cables running to the business office, the financial aid department, the admissions office, registration, and development. The thing is absolutely massive. It's got cables going all over the school, and it should do one thing, facilitate you. Facilitate you at registration, facilitate you at financial aid, admissions, the whole ball of wax. Major, major deal. Now, when you put a huge computer in like that, and we've been doing it the way we've been doing it for a great number of years, and everybody kind of has a system down, you have to learn this whole new system. And by way of computer, it's very hard. It takes a lot of time. You've got to do the old job, plus you've got to do the job of learning the computer. So you guys want to pray very diligently for the people in our business office that they'll learn, that they'll be patient, that they'll have endurance to do two jobs at one time. Section number five. You ready? You guys are in the academic department. We'd like you to know about a new faculty member you may have already heard about, Patricia Ennis. She took her PhD or earned it from North Arizona University. She's taught 11 years in the home ec department of another Christian college and had built that program from one to 60 students in a very short period of time. She's a committed Christian, godly woman. There aren't very many of them with those academic requirements who would be, even be available to come and start our home ec department, which starts next fall. So if you'll please um, pray for that whole endeavor and know that that makes us, there will be only one other Christian college on the West Coast with a home ec department, which develops our distinctives. We're constantly in, in progress on interviewing new faculty members. We're looking for department heads in the area of business, Bible, and communications. Key positions that need to be filled. All of us as a student body need to hold that up in prayer. Of course, you know, we bought the George Williams Library, which brought us up to 100, over 100,000 volumes. And I already told you, you need to be in prayer for the expansion of our library to 10,000 square feet so that we can handle it. Just another thing under academics, we've moved our academic scholarship thing up to 2.0. You've got to have a 2.0 to get it. You already heard that. This year, new commitment to graduation and honors chapel. Traditionally, in our school, because finals go, you have your normal school year, and then you have finals, and then you have graduation. Everybody who, you know, isn't in graduation is where? Home. They're long gone. Because, you know, graduation is nice, but it's not my graduation. And I, summer is here. Okay. So, so what we've been able to do is we've been able to bring graduation prior to finals. And those seniors who have finals to take can work that on an individual basis with their own professor. Which means now that Honors Chapel will be like the last Friday and everybody, and we'll do it right here, everybody will be here for Honors Chapel and all the people who are worthy of honor will get honor in front of all of you, your, your classmates. And then we'll all be here for graduation and then we'll hit our finals. Okay, that's going to be exciting this year. I think you're going to like that. Another thing we want to stress in the area of the school as far as academics. If there is some myth that there is a separation or distinction between academic performance and spiritual maturity, we need to resolve this once and for all. The performance that you have in the academic classroom, and I don't mean by the fact that you get a 4.0, I mean that you're disciplined, you don't procrastinate, you study when you're supposed to study, you perform to the level that God has given you. 
The performance level that you do and have in the classroom is a direct and immediate reflection, indicator, thermometer of your spiritual temperature. And don't ever forget it. There's, there's, no, there's no distinction here about that in the school. And if there has, it's not here anymore. If you're not performing in your academic classroom, but you think that you're incredibly spiritual, stop that. Truly spiritual, mature people committed to Christ are going to be responsible, dedicated students. Now, I don't mean that takes you way out of balance to the 4.0 level if you've really only got the brains for a 2.0. But it means that we're honest, responsible people of integrity in our studies as well. Group number six, admissions. Are you ready for this? As of January 17th, 1985, for those of you who aren't in touch with reality, it's the 21st, 1987. So three years ago... January 17, 1985. Huh? Two years ago. Who's out of touch with reality? Two years ago. Thanks, Corey. Two years ago, at this time in the college, we had 32 applicants for the coming fall. We had 32 people sending us applicants to come to school that next year. Last year, at this time, we had 120. That's growth. This year, at this time, we have 138. Admissions looks good. Another thing we're doing in admissions and recruiting is we're going to broaden our recruiting base. As of late, we've been able to have our guys center only on the West Coast. This semester, Dan Stickle and Majesty will go to Florida and, and, and establish our presence out in Florida on a personal recruiting basis. Don Gilmore will be in New England in April. And he has another, another trip scheduled to the Midwest in May. And then, of course, Pete Gillies will suffer in Hawaii okay, <laughs> with the baseball theme and, and, and majesty. Now, let me tell you why we picked these areas, Florida, New England, etc., etc., uh, through three factors, because of the input of Grace to You, which would be um, John MacArthur's radio ministry. There's been, there are some hot spots in the country, exceptionally hot spots. You know, over a million people a day listen to Grace to You, but there are some places where it's a little hotter than others. When they combine the, the input from Grace to You, present applications, where they're coming from, and students, where our students are coming from, we've settled on these, these two, three main areas, Florida, New England, and somewhere in the Midwest. And so we'll send our men there. They'll be personally there. They'll have dinner in people's homes. What we're going to try to do is get students who are already here. You might think about this if you don't already know about it. Students who are already here, get their parents to invite other parents. Potential seniors, you know, who might are thinking about a Christian college, and in comes our man, and there we are. And we're recruiting all across the country on a personal basis. Um, our men will spend six weeks in Hume Lake, that's the largest Christian camp on the West Coast, six weeks there in our famous number one top level best ever youth speaker in the world. Dewey Bertolini will be there four of those weeks. And how many, what will we see? Probably a thousand kids a week there. So that'll be 6,000 kids that we'll have direct input to, to the Master's College. Dewey and Don Gilmore will also be going back to the largest youth camp on the East Coast. It's called Word of Life back in Schoon Lake, New York. Is that Brian back there? Can't be Joel. Is that Harold? boy, Harold. Uh, they'll be there for a week again. So again, that establishes our presence on the East Coast. And here's where you come in, every single, every single one of you. January 29th to 31st. That's not this, but next weekend. It's called College View Weekend. We'll be bringing in 250 guests 
They will be staying with you, sleeping with you, eating with you, coming to chapel with you, and you will, in large part, color their attitude about our college. So if you'll be in prayer about those things and help us. Where's group number seven? All right, seven over there. You got development. This is where the bucks come in, okay? Pray for Mula Mula. Our, de- our development department is committed to broadening and increasing our donor base. You say, why do they want to do that? Did you know that tuition alone does not support a college? That if all of you pay all of your tuition, the place goes broke? There are so many financial needs involved in a Christian college that your tuition does not cover those needs. Now, if we're going to keep it that way and let you have a reasonable tuition rate, Dave Hornberger and all the guys in in development need to continue to raise several million dollars a year. They want you to know that the postcards that we all put that chapel on time to write out, they've gotten phenomenal responses from that. People have written them letters back saying, I can't believe your kids, they're they're incredible. Student contacts, when you wrote down for the, the development department, people that we could contact to solicit their commitment to our college in a financial manner have been unusually productive, so they want to thank you for that as well. And as a matter of fact, last week we got a check from a parent of one of our students who had gone home for the break. The parents couldn't believe the transformation and the growth and the maturity and some of the things that were happening in their own kids' life. So above and beyond their tuition check, they sent a gift to the college. So the donor department likes you, your good stuff, and have a big impact on what they're trying to do. Another, another strategy within that is a church support base. We picked up a church last, I guess this month, which is committed to support the college to a tune of $1,000 a month. That's a church, and we're after 50 churches this year. 50 churches this year, you can pray that way. We'll have three more associate dinners this year. You recall what an associate dinner is. It's, it's a group of people who want to come and have a special relationship with the college. They're called associates, associates of the president. They come on our campus, and maybe even this year we're going to try to keep having to make you not have dinner in your own dining center. We've got some new ideas. We're going to do it later. We're going to do it off campus so you guys can continue to eat dinner where you're supposed to eat dinner. But we'll have three more associate dinners. These people come and typically commit to a $1,000 gift to the college. And as you're aware, maybe you're not, last year we received out of an associate dinner a, a check for one. million dollars. We'll have three more of those dinners, hopefully those checks, this year. So you can pray for those. They're also committed to doing some exciting things with our community and even people across the country who would know about us. We're talking about the possibility of a men's conference during the summer when you're not here and the facilities are freed up and having John MacArthur, maybe Bob Vernon, some real heavyweight guys come in and talk, provide all kinds of entertainment and all that stuff. Let them come, see the campus, see us, meet us, and potentially out of that develop a commitment on their part to the college. The same kind of retreats for women, et cetera, et cetera. One of the... Exciting developments in in our whole development department, if I can say it that way, is our own president. Um, As you know, he's pretty well known around the country and the world. And a new development you've heard about, it's the television show New Focus. They ran a pilot of it not too long ago. The people backing that have said we're going to go for it for an entire series of shows. That thing will be broadcasted all over the country, and it's all cross-advertised back into the college. There's a newsletter or a magazine that goes out with it on the back of the newsletter. The Master's College is all over it. And they're even thinking of tying John into some of their other ministries, which would just broaden his writing and his weekly radio message even further beyond the one million who already listen a day. Sounds like some potential for growth, if you know what I mean. So you guys need to pray for the success of that. Number eight, right? We'd like to talk to you about 
your prayers for our chapel program this semester. Pray, first of all, that God will continue to pierce our hearts, that we'll come to worship. That'll be a great and godly time around the word. Is it really this time? Don't tell me it's 1119. Kelly, don't tell me that. I better hurry. Can I go a little bit long? I only got, I only got two more to go. Can I go a little Fast, okay. Uh, we're going to have two main things in chapel this semester. It's our missions conference again. We'll continue to have Campus Conquest, Impact 87, I Care, and Inner City Ministry. We may bring Tom Harris back and have him take a bunch of you and go down to Inner LA and do some street evangelism. And with Paul Teasdale, the class, if you sign up for that class and you're interested in missions, you'll be hitting the road to Baja over the missions conference with Paul Teasdale moving down there. Pray for the setup of that. Another major emphasis in this semester is the Master's Men Series, where we bring men and women into the college, both guests and chapel speakers who are committed Christians and successful in their endeavor, English majors, history majors, business majors, whatever it is. We bring them in. They talk to you, give you vision, encouragement, and excitement about the future. That's all I'm going to say on that, though I could probably talk for another 30 minutes on chapel. Number nine, yeah? And here we go. Why does all of this happen? All of this happens for you. All of it. Everything I've said. Everything that is happening in this college is designed for you. It doesn't always appear like that, but that's really where we're at. It's our commitment to produce godly young men and women who know what it means to have a vital, active love relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of that love relationship, move out into the world and change it for His glory. It starts right here, though, right? I mean, all that other stuff is somebody else's responsibility. What is your responsibility? Let me just review it for you. Believe it or not, the Master's College will only be as good as you make it. And if you are, let me, let, me, let me specify a few things I'm going to ask and plead for you to do as a, as a student body this semester. Will you make a renewed commitment to your own personal time in the Word of God, number one? Will you make a n- renewed commitment to your own personal time in the Word of God? Because out of that personal time with God will flow the self-discipline and the character that you need to do all the rest of these things. Academic excellence. Be involved in discipleship. A commitment to personal evangelism. Are you evangelizing? You know how important that is? You can't even appreciate as much the information that you gain here unless you're on the front line sharing your faith. If you don't believe me, just trust me and try it. Find somebody who knows how to evangelize on the streets and go do it with them. Or find a friend. Do something. Minister your spiritual gifts. And lastly, be involved with each other. Be involved with each other. Last semester, we let go six students. Some of them we had to expel and, in other words, kick out. Others we had to let go and say, don't return. Six. In too many of those, I think about four, if my memory serves me right, nobody was involved. No student was involved. And i got to believe there were students who knew. And as a result... The things that happened, no student involvement, no confrontation, no exhortation, no love, no I care about you, I'm not going to let you do this to yourself. Those students couldn't be salvaged here, and they had to be let go. There's a lot of gossip at the Master's College. There's a lot of rumors. 
What we need to do is we need to shut up. Stop talking about other people's sin. And go do something about it. And if you know of a person who's struggling, if you know of a person who's hurting, you must, biblically, biblically, as a matter of obedience, you must go to them and call them to repentance. And if they do not grant that repentance, if they are not repentant, if the lifestyle does not change, you must bring another to confront further. And if through that process of care and love and concern, if a student is still unwilling to live in a manner to glorify God, then we face the potential of not having them here anymore. But that will not be done without careful individual consideration and care on the part of those of us who will be responsible for that. Six students, four of which never got a chance, in my opinion. The question is, where were you? What were you doing with your time? Why did you remove yourself? Why did you let them go? We don't have time to pray all of these prayers like this. But you took your notes, and will you pray for them today sometime? Tonight? Let's bow our heads for a closing word of prayer.